Justin, stop. We're on air. Stop making me hard. We're on air. Please stop. Okay. Stop. <laughs> yeah, give me happen, those potential so. fun ideas. Okay. You know what? It's a, you know. Okay. Here's a rewrite you could do. Okay. Flying Dutchman Mark Two, and it's just a throwaway pirate that's just a part of the Straw Hat fleet, and he just looks like a cheap discount version of Davy Jones from SpongeBob SquarePants. Okay. I'm with it. Just don't give him any lines. He's just in the background, but you see the ship that just says Flying Dutchman Mark Two, and then I just go, you know what? All's forgiven. You know what? Vander Decken. He's kind of a pedo. You know what? He is a pedo, actually. <laughs> kind um, of? Yeah, asshole. dude. You know what? You know what? Playing Dutch Mark 2? That's all right. But I have to give credit where it's too. As Chet's pointed out, it's probably as well one of the best flashbacks. We mentioned Skypea, right? Oh, yeah. It's one of the best flashbacks. Fishman is right there as well. You have the two, right? You have two different flashbacks with um, Queen Orihime, right? That's her name? Queen Orihime? Oh, Otohime. And- Otohime, thank you. Otohime. And then you had uh, Fisher Tiger. And both of them, just like, yeah, Oda understands, right? How it goes through to go through like yeah. different perspectives, right? Of trying to achieve um, equality, but from a different perspective, right? Either a quote-unquote position of power and with no power, but you achieve it through strength, right? And you have these different dichotomies. Yeah. So, again, I'm going to say solid A. I wish it was S tier. Um, it's not quite there for me. It, it still hurts though because that's still one of my favorite arcs. I mean, that's like it is like how these like the three as one and the it's like but, top four right now. But the sad thing is because you know how we mentioned Thriller Bark had the highest highs and lowest lows, and you can kind of spread it out. For me personally, you have all these lists of Fishman Island right? is just perfection minus that one. Yeah, thing. exactly. So that's what I'm yeah. saying. So you have all these highs, right? You have all these moments, right? Like especially like the Straw Hat showing it's, up, the um, point, right? That wonderful it's moment. It's the strong and, world of arcs, basically. Yeah, and and then literally on the negative half, like if you have like a list, right? Like hypothetically here, you have a, a list of all these positives. It's in tiny fonts, right? All these lists of awesome things, and then on the negative side, you have one giant word nothing in quotation marks and i'm just like no <laughs> why did you drop the ball <laughs> hey you know what maybe something can be done reverie happened fishmen are still around you know what maybe Oda can throw in a, a curveball to help out i don't know still an a tier though still an a tier yeah right i agree it felt like the delivery was okay. I would have been, like I said, we talked about this in our episode, I'm not going to rehash it too much. Would have been okay with it if it had been delivered a little differently. It kind of fell flat. Done. You can watch that episode if you really want to hear everything. Mm-hmm. Oh, but Did now, my my dude, we got Alabasta. Alabasta. Alabasta, Alabasta, but tomato, tomato. Yeah, um, this, this one says Ala. That's normally what I say. I say Alabasta. Alabasta is easier to say for me personally, but I Arabasta makes more sense because you of Saudi Arabia, right? Because it's just like, mm-hmm. all right, right. Arabia it's, makes it's uh, tomatoes, tomatoes. I think. Yeah, but but you know what? I'm gonna do my Agua Laguna thing where I'm just like, you know what? Alabasta. It's just easier to say Alabasta. Yeah. Oh, I didn't mention Agua Laguna. Okay, Aqua we're past Laguna. it. Sorry, <laughs> we're, we're past it. We're past it. Uh, Arabasta, our first big arc in One Piece, right? This is the first big one. Yeah, that's that was, uh, arguably the first saga. Yeah, I want to say Arabasta is still one of the best tightly written arcs as well, despite it yeah. being huge. 67 it, Oda, does, Oda does not waste a panel, does not waste a conversation. Everything is deliberate. You have the the theme of like Intel being on a need to know based on how important it is, where Crocodile seems to be up above everyone all the time. Yeah. You have the Arabasta Intel and Kingdom itself. You have the Straw Hats down here with Intel. 
kind of catching up. Even geography felt relevant in Alabasta. You know, everything was just so tight. Animals. Arabasa had the best animals. The Kung Fu Jew gods are so fucking cool. (laughs) Eyelashes was great. Uh, The crab who I who was named was great, and Karu, of course, and and all the other the supersonic duck squad. Supersonic duck. You had the Monster Hunter-esque monsters. You had the giant crocodile lizard thing that was in the desert. You had the giant crocodile, the banana crocodile. Um, You also had Vivi. I'm sorry, but those are banana gators. That's actually true. Yeah, that's actually true. You mentioned that in the episode. Banana gators sounds a lot better. Yep, banana gators. Um, But but it would have made more sense because crocodile was crocodile. Yeah. Yeah, but you know what? It's fine. He's the crocodile. I I guess it it does still work, right? He's the crocodile. They're the gators, yeah. Yeah, you know. Potato, potato. Potato, potato. This is also when... Because all the arcs before... And I remember you were leading me on this in the older episodes where you were like, what do you think of Vivi? What do you think of her? And I'm just like, <laughs> I don't know. She's just yeah. kind of there. I don't really know what to think of her. And then Arabasa comes around. I'm just like, okay, now I know why I, I tried to be subtle. I, like, I remember in our Whiskey Peak episode, I was like, what do you, what do you think of these two villains here? Yeah, yeah and, I'm, and I'm just like... Yeah, and I'm just like, what are you talking about? She's just an escort mission. Yeah, I, and I was I, like, what do you, what do you yeah. think? Yeah, okay, yeah, that's cool. <laughs> she's yeah, yeah, she's the she's the princess. You have to escort to the castle. Okay, yeah, whatever. And then our boss Adams, I'm like, okay, there's a character here. Okay, she, there's she a really does there's a, have a power. Like what an arc, like capital A R C, like arc. You know, it's two C's, if you will, from where she starts that's to where she really. ends up. Like a man, she is really great, or really written greatly. Yeah, it reminds me of it actually reminds reminds me of how much of a shame um the movie was, the episode of Arabasta, where the potential of like retelling that story of Arabasta through Vivi's perspective was yeah. completely lost and instead it was just here's Arabasta but a bridge and we're just gonna cut out fifty percent, fifty five percent of what made the arc great. Because again, it's one of the most tightly written arcs. Yeah, there's, there's so little chapter. room to cut stuff. Yeah. Example. The introduction to Ace, right? What a fantastic introduction to a new character that <laughs> had no right to look as good as he did because he had all the straw hats, the you know, all the you know, the one piece style characters were like they're very um, caricatured or exaggerated one way, and then you have like the supermodel Ace just walking in here, just like, hey, by the way, I'm a, I'm Luffy's brother. I'm the I'm the geeky Chad version of Luffy. How do you yeah. do? <laughs> he had a like, really strong appearance. Absolutely, fucking movie, and he was there for like I think what. Three chapters, I think he wasn't there for very long. He made a quick getaway, and then he did. Um, I keep saying Flash Fire Fist. That's a fucking My Hero Academia <laughs> move. Fuck it, Flash Fire Fist to escape from the fucking Basically. Marines chasing him from the from the Navy. And then you had again Crocodile, one of the best villains in One Piece, still to this day. Yeah. He's still one of the best villains. Um, such a because we we mentioned Charlos, right? Like one of the worst motherfuckers with a punchable face. Crocodile has a different type of punchable face because he's just so smug. Yeah, you really want want to wipe that smug-ass grin off his face. You want him to really feel the hurts. And that's why, on a personal level, I know Charlo's punch is great. And if you think that's the best punch, I'm not going to argue with you. But me personally, the crocodile punch is the best punch in one piece. That one is great. But it's like because, the, the punch is great, but the follow up is even better. Of that look of shock on his face, that that's is like, that's pure why it's the best. ecstasy for me. Because like, crocodile, yeah, my brain. crocodile's like, 
Yeah, Crocodile was like, oh, you went for round two? I remember round one did not do so well for... And he's just like, mm-hmm. the hair is that. completely undone. He's trying to fix his hair, trying to get the cigar back. It's just like, what the fuck just happened? And Luffy's just like, I got better. <laughs> not to mention our introduction to Robin, who is uh, who well, our first real introduction. She was, uh, we see her at Whiskey Peak originally as like this mysterious villain, right? Who's like a step above everyone else in terms of power. And then this one, it's like, okay, yeah, what really is this character? What she's, she's about talking? here? Yeah, she's she's aligned with Crocodile, but she's also talking about the will of D. Okay, and I made a couple of dick jokes every now and then because haha, she wants Luffy's D. Ha, I get it. <laughs> um, still funny, by the way. And but she also has the ability to read these pomoglyphs, which have been teased over and over, right? And then we have the introduction to the ancient weapons, right? And while all this is going on, Crocodile seems like he's his ultimate chess master. He's got his mercenaries, and then you have Sanji, MVP, saving the day, being the one card that Crocodile did not have the intel on, and you see the panic for a little panel in crocodile's eyes where he's like there's another straw hat oh fuck and then that's you know the restaurant call like restaurant la crop and it's just like yeah oh shit and then suddenly the tides have changed and also he never found chopper either if i recall chopper was distracting them from the outside he trained from human form the middle form to get away from crocodile um just so many little things like that not to mention again like vivi with a great glow up she had as a character from an escort no name npc to no, you're the main character of the arc, and you actually deserve it. Like, you're not just because you're the main character, because the writer said so. Like, you're actually showing me, yeah, like, you have the will, you have the passion to care for your kingdom. To actually, like, go to the front lines of a charging million-man rebellion army. I think it's like 100,000 or a million-man. I forget how Some, large the army was. Yeah, big army. Yeah, but she goes out to the front. She's willing to get trampled on to try and stop the conflict. She gets desperate. And then she hits a low point where she thinks she's unable to do anything, going, I don't think anyone can hear me, no matter how much I'm trying. And then Luffy gives her that extra push, where she goes, don't worry, I can hear you. And again, Luffy just knows exactly what to say at the right time, which is one sentence, right? He just knows what to say. He knows what to do at the exact same time. So, what do you think? S tier? Has to be, right? <laughs> it has to be. It's, it's... T- after all the praise we get, it yeah, again, just like Eddie's lobby, the worst part about it, the Nami fight, unfortunately. Just weather for some reason. It's Oda's weakness. What do you think, Gillen? Like, no. Above Sobondi, below Marine Ford? Below Marine Ford. Marine Ford yeah. and post Marine Ford were still heights of emotional storytelling with double double spread panels and action. Arabasta was so tightly knit and it was fantastic. And with great introductions to the further arcs later on with Robin, the Poneglyphs, and everything. Not to mention, it's unlikely, but Vivi might potentially come back on the ship. If not, maybe the fleet, right? There's yeah. possibility there. Because she is a straw hat, but she's just not directed with the Definitely crew. Definitely in spirit. Right? Yeah, she had the final goodbye. Thank you for the chat. Thank you for reminding me. The goodbye, right? With the X's on their wrists, right? The final showcase. Like, we can't yeah, say goodbye, really Vivi, because the Navy's chasing us, right? But we can give you the the X, right? The, the reminder of like what we did together. Yeah, that, that we that's are different than like the wrap up to a, like like a Skypea. But that is a really like solid way to end out Alabasta with that. This is mm-hmm. like the most beautiful goodbye. Yeah, and plus also if Vivi does return to the Merigo, I mean the Thousand Sunny, uh, which 
unfortunately, again, I don't think will happen. Maybe the fleet, but not the merry go. I keep saying merry go. Fuck. It's the sunny. No, it's possible. <laughs> that was, the thousand sunny has the spirit of the merry go. It's fine. Um, it means if Evie returns, we also get crew. So hey, that's a reminder yeah. why <laughs> we, get, we get best boy back. <laughs> we get best. That'd boy. be dope. We get we get best Pokemon back. So Arbasa S tier. Yeah. Uh, coming in, followed up by an arc that is definitely not, which is Punk Hazard. <laughs> How you feel about Punk Hazard, Jacob? This is your yeah. favorite arc, right? Yeah, the episode where I told you, I'm like, hey, I'm going to come and swing and dude, I have 10 bulletin points at least of why this arc is bad. <laughs> All these problems. And, yeah. oh man, the pacing, that's the mini stories that just don't really go anywhere. They feel like they could potentially be future storylines, like Frankie's core battery, right? That could be a target for the government or for um, right. Punk at least. You get the the, all this hype buildup of the two Yeti bounty hunters that are like deadliest motherfuckers, anything higher than 10,000 feet. Then they get one shot at one chapter later. And then you get Caesar Clown. That's a second clown, but he's not literally. Clown. He's I, I really believe I want to believe that him and Buggy are related. And their last name is actually Clown. How dare like you do Buggy that to Clown Buggy? and Caesar Clown? How, how dare you? How dare you do that to I'm, Buggy? I'm, <laughs> that's my theory right now with my head cannon. Until proven listen, otherwise, they're cousins. Maybe even listen, brothers. listen. Character arcs, man. Buggy is like bordering S tier. He's like up there A tier. Hey, Caesar hey. Clown, remember where Buggy there, started, though? <laughs> right? No, Caesar, yeah. no. Buggy for me was like B A tier introduction. I loved Buggy. When he, he was, was okay. Introduced. That's true. He was better than Caesar. I agree with that. But like how yeah. much, how far he's come. If Caesar went just as far, he'd at least be likable, like pretty good still, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, and as Chat's pointing out too, it's a setup arc, but it's fifty five fucking chapters, man. It it is even it drags. There's no even denying. even Wano has two arcs, two acts dedicated to setup. That's forty five chapters. It's not as long as Punk Hazard, yeah. and Wano is much better tightly written. Than what we got at Punk Hazard. Now, is Punk Hazard a total piece of shit? No. Yeah, I'm saying compared to other One Piece arcs, it's a piece of shit. <laughs> yeah. In the grand scheme of One Piece arcs, it is pretty weak. It yeah. kind of just meanders a little a little too long, and it's just visually not very interesting. It's mostly yeah, just but... like either white snow or factory walls. The factory walls were the worst part because I love the idea of, again, Hellfire Peaks, the Banjo Tui level where you got the, the hot side and the cold side all on the same island. You got, but you also also the science base, right? The science, uh, facility there. But the half the arc dedicated to, like you said, the, the, the bland steel walls. They're just, they're running from the gas. They're running from smoke. It remind, it almost reminded me of the, that, I don't know if you guys watched South Park. The, the They made fun of uh, the Day After Tomorrow movie where the people of South Park are running from global warming. And this is an old episode, by the way. They don't believe in this anymore, but they're making fun of this. They're running from global warming, but they're running from nothing. And so the camera is just showing <laughs> nothing, but dramatic music That's is playing. Good. And I couldn't help but think of that a little bit when the Straw Hats and the um, Smokers crew are running from the, the gas. The and I'm just like... And I get it. It's supposed to be scary, but I'm just like, 
maybe throw in some electric electric physics in the smoke, <laughs> right. make it look more deadly. Like you see how deadly it is. I'm not saying it's bad, but it gets stale when they're running for 20 chapters rescuing oversized children because they're excised experiments and they're again terrible science experiments. But again, just everything was so poorly executed. Like it was supposed to be an yeah, art for Nami it, it and Chopper. It was like a little too much crammed in there. Is basically how I feel. Yeah, they're trying to have an arc for Nami and Chopper because they're supposed to be the caretakers trying to take care of the children. They're trying to, you know, address the crimes against humanity, right, of what Caesar was doing. And yeah, Caesar was doing a horrible shit. But I couldn't help but be distracted not by his horrible experiments, which include the the setup of the the sad smell fruit, right? The actual important setup going on in the future. Not to mention the their beginning to the Trafalgar uh Trafalgar Law Basically and Strawhead Alliance. There. Yeah, the beginning of the, the Wano saga that's been 400 plus chapters, I think, or 300 plus chapters yeah. in the making. Um, but at the end of the day, it just feels a lot of it was just so padded out. Like, I really do feel like Punk Hazard should have been like 30 chapters, not 55. And yeah. even then, please stay on the surface. Don't go in the facility until the very end. Please, for the love of God. Oh, not to mention, Sanji's was also another low point for Sanji in this arc, where he switched bodies with Nami, and then he's like, oh, I can give myself a power boost by flashing, by groping myself. And I'm just like, right. Oda, please, come on, dude. Come on, man. Yeah, like, so we're in a, it's D tier, right? As far it's as, D tier. Yeah, it's definitely. It's D tier. I think it's, for me personally, the lowest of the D tier, but uh, we'll see. I, I think there's an arc that you'll say that's probably lower than that. Actually, no, probably maybe fight back. Yeah, maybe five pack was still pretty fun, and it was short. Punk Punk Hazard was fifty five fucking chapters. Okay, <laughs> next up we got Dressrosa. You know, you always tell me Skype is supposed to be the controversial arc. Is Dressrosa the controversial arc too, or? Uh, you know, the opinion of Dressrosa from what I've seen seems to have shifted a little bit. When we were going through it week to week, it seemed that it, it seemed was bad, pretty right? Negative. But nowadays, it's looking pretty positive. So I wouldn't say it's I, still controversial. Because you can binge it. You can go through the action pieces more quickly, and then you can slow down for the backstory parts. Because I personally really love Dressrosa. Yeah, uh, I, I agree that it, it did feel a little long. It was like almost like a year and a half, two years worth of chapters, I think, that we were there. Right? Over 100 chapters, right? Or yeah, was it 100 it was, chapters? It was more than two yeah. years, I'm pretty sure. Like a real world time. So it did feel if, like, you know, we're like, man. But when you read it all the way through, it's quite, like, fucking good. Yeah, and if I recall, um, I think our Discord mentioned it, the anime was even worse because that's they also put in a lot of filler. Yeah. So the, the long 100-chapter manga arc felt even longer in the anime because, hey, we gotta build time. <laughs> And we're just going to show off all these other future Straw Hat fleet characters. They're important, right? That's what Toei's thinking, right? So we can have all these extra scenes dedicated to these guys. I'm just like, yeah, Dress Rose is already long enough as it is. (laughs) And this is also conflicted, too, because I'm always the person going, like, think of the writing. Think of the complexities and the deep characters and avoid the bad tropes. And then here you have Doe fucking Flamingo, who is like the one of the biggest Mary Sues, if anything, in One Piece, <laughs> yeah. where literally he had the problem that Gekko Moria had, where he's like getting power ups as we're going Invincible. along. That seemed bullshit. But he's an exception for me because I still 
fucking love to hate that yeah. motherfucking cunt. God damn, that celestial trick. Like, that dude. that is the biggest weakness of him. Is his his powers they got way out of control. I'm, I would just hold here an argument otherwise. There was yeah, a couple times a where I started to think, like, man, is this even him? Or is this his string clone again? <laughs> yeah. Like, you can never on tell. Shonen, yeah, I think my... I think that's the reason why I can accept him being my exception to liking him still is because on a shonen action level, he's bullshit, but I'm always a person going, like, shonen action, that's always on the background for me. It's icing on the cake, right? In yeah. this case, the icing's a little bad. I'm just scraping off the icing in my metaphor, and I still have the cake. And in this case, just everything else about Del Flamingo, I love to hate about him, right? You have the tragic backstory with Law um, and Corazon with Del Flamingo, right? That horribly tragic backstory with Law. Again, another great example of Oda understanding real-world um, connections with, uh -huh. like, hey, this is a village being exploited by the government. They understand completely, hey, this material you're mining is awful for you. It's going to be lethal. But it, it gives us money, so shh. We're just gonna keep quiet about it, and then Law becoming the only survivor. Oh, Corazon! Becoming... I forgot that was here. Oh man! And then yeah, Corazon, the brother of Doflamingo, and he did everything he the could to give Law a life. Celestial dragon with that, a heart. That, yeah, him yeah. and and I guess modern day. Uh, uh the Neo one that Star, helped uh, Odahime. Yeah, and even then he was a giant. He's no Rosinante though. <laughs> he ain't no Rosinante. Yeah. Nope. Wait, I said Rosinante. Um, I said Corazon. I said Rosinante is the brother. Right? Oh no, that's his real name. Am I right? Uh, you're asking name. the wrong person. I'm not the name guy. <laughs> I'm, I'm confusing myself. I think his real name is Rosinante, but Corazon. Yeah, he ain't no Corazon. I'm just, I'm just impressed with myself that I remembered Corazon. I remember the name. I'm just like, I, <laughs> that's kind of hard to forget. Hey, I'm the name guy. I can't remember names. There's only <laughs> so like, I'm just how many like Spanish names are there? It's him and Senor Pink. <laughs> like in the whole oh yeah of one and then piece. senior pink senior pink has a half a chapter of backstory dedicated to him and we told this joke but i'm gonna say it again where oda has a a bet at a bar with other shonen writers going i bet you can't make the most stupid looking character or have the most tragic backstory and everyone just flipping 180 of suddenly of hating character to suddenly tragically loving the character for sympathy and oda yeah. just goes hold my beer i'll be back next week and then he does the senior pink backstory, and then everyone goes, "How the fuck can you do that?" And yeah, Oda like just goes, he's like, "Let me throw in a villain you know flashback, mean, like a random side villain, and make you like your heart hurt for him." <laughs> and it's all just from one chapter. And then the best part was the conclusion because Frankie wasn't told this backstory; he felt it through his mm -hmm. manly fight with him. And then he goes, "Next time we meet, brother, we're sharing a drink." And you will tell me this whole story yeah, after they okay. had their suplex match with each other. <laughs> so so hard Like this is the stupidest fight. I fucking love it. Um, not to mention everything else. Like I'm still want to go back to Del Flamingo, like his the drip. Right, we always mention the drip in the movies. Del Flamingo. He, he had the same. He has the same like aesthetic as uh, Brooke, right? Where he's just very tall and lean, so he can look yeah. good in anything. And he just has a he's swag to him as well. Yeah, he's got the iconic, like, huge, like, Joker-wide grin. His nickname is Joker. Yeah. Um, he always has, like, the neck bulge, the forehead bulge, when he's super fucking pissed or he's really excited. Not to mention the throwaway line where they mention that he also, like, uh, fucked Violet at one point, the aunt of Rebecca. Yeah. And I'm just like, that's, like, the most attractive woman in One Piece to me. How <laughs> could you fucking do this? <laughs> like, this throwaway line, what the hell? 
And then you have Rebecca's backstory, which is amazingly well done, too well done, because then the attention became less about Rebecca and more towards her father, because then when the arc went on, we cared less and less about Rebecca and more and more about the one-legged warrior who was able to, with one leg, decapitate Dolphamingo. (laughs) And we're just like, oh, he's that good. (laughs) I want more of this guy. Yeah, that was that was um, a shocking moment, for sure. Not as sh- not as shocking as uh, Rebecca's aesthetic of her uh, weapon choices. People will say that her bikini armor makes no sense, and I kind of understand that. As a person who respects the movie Three Hundred, I will say her look would have been a hundred percent on point if she traded in her giant sword and wooden shield for a small Greek sword and a giant bronze shield. Like then shield. she's then, then she's an S tier waifu. Okay, for all the people <laughs> having there's debates out there, give that give that bitch a big ass shield. Bitches love shields. Okay, then you can have your topics. Then we'll talk. But until then, <laughs> she doesn't have a candle on anyone because she has a big sword, but she's a pacifist. And I'm just like, then get the shield. It fits the character better. <laughs> so where did we place a dress from? God, so? man. Uh, but then we also have all the crew. We have the introduction to Sabo. We get introduction to Koala lead. as well. Right. We get Koala, Gear 4. We get, yeah, God Usopp as well. Ugh. Usopp fucking peeks in this Usopp. arc. Dude, the snipe. Oh my god. The, that's like the, Usopp's best moment, maybe. Like, I, we glossed over Edie's lobby, right? But that was also the snipe from Usopp as well, that, both to the flag and to that, cover Robin on her retreat. Is, oh, thing of beauty. Man, when, when Usopp clutches, he fucking clutches. Dude. Oh, yeah. <laughs> To the point where he's literally raised by a giant, and he's like trying to utter, like, get the hell off, <laughs> put me the hell down. But all they hear is, like, so I, am, I am your light and guiding yeah. <laughs> Like, so stupid, but I love it. I, I it's love absolute. It. It's perfect. So it's. But at the same time. A, low S. I want to say high A because it's still not yeah. tightly written as Arabasa. Um, the highs of our boss, our dress rosa are really high, but, and I love Dolphamingo, but he's just not quite as good as Crocodile. Yeah, above Rebecca Fishman is Island? Not, Maybe lower. Uh, I would say lower than Fishman Island. That's kind of how I feel. Because, because I'm thinking like, if I'm comparing it to Arabasa, right? I think at the time, I think I liked dress rosa better than Arabasa, but as time's going on, I'm thinking more and more about it. I'm like, Rebecca is not as good as Vivi, even if you say not the father as well, close. right? The backstory with Rebecca and the father is tragic and touching, but I yeah. still like Vivi as a character better than Rebecca. Um, the execution of her backstory, I mean. Yeah, I didn't get as invested in Rebecca. I didn't have, you know, the connection that I had with Vivi by the time we got to Alabasta. Like I said, if she had a big shield, dude, everyone would care. I'm just saying. <laughs> it's the key difference. She that's, had the look, she had the shades. Bigger shield. That's that. That's my headcanon. Until someone gives me fan art to disprove me that, see, the bro- the big bronze shield does not fix her, I'm going to keep believing the otherwise. <laughs> um, then you have, again, like, you have, like, the royalty family, right? You get um, the former king of Dressrosa. I can't remember his name. Riku. Not as good. At- Riku, thank you. He's not as he's not as cool as Cobra, right? He's not as interesting. Yeah. Um, I will say the Coliseum, though, I love the idea. Um, wildlife. I don't like the bowl as much as Karu. Like again, like you're just having all these comparisons yeah. to the arcs are pretty Usi's similar cool. in structure. It's cool. Yeah. 
but it's they're just never as good, right? If Arbasta was an S tier with this thing, our, uh, if yeah, Arbasta was S tier with this one, Dress Rosa might be S or A, right? It's never going to be higher. Well, it might be, but most of the time it's going to be one step. So I would say high A, lower than Fishman Island. Yeah, I'm with that. Above Man, Violet, Violet's so hot, though. Yeah. <laughs> First panel, she's dancing with the rose yeah. and the dress. And I'm just like, Oda, you're not an ass guy. And suddenly you just gave this character the biggest ass possible. Jesus Christ, dude. Yeah. Okay, next up, we got Zoe. Break my voice. Set up arc to uh, Whole Cake Island slash Wano. Slash Wano, yeah. Yeah, it, it leads to both, basically. Zoe's um, good. Introduction uh, to the Minx. Zoe's not great. Right? Um, Zoe is one of those arcs that I think sits sits very, very mid. Around, like, mid. It'd probably still be B, I suppose. Base mid. High C, low B. Yeah, maybe high C. It's cool. It does what it does. Pretty okay, but it's kind of yeah. just... And there's some, like, crazy information even dropped there, but... Like, yeah, I was gonna say just, the... It's I was weird. gonna say the... Yeah, I was gonna say the S tier parts of Zoe were the information lore setup parts, right? Where it's like, here are the poneglyphs, here's your what you need to do to find Raftel, right? What you need, right? You need the four red poneglyphs, right? You uh we have the the four the information that Wano was the home to the stonemasons who made the poneglyphs, right? So that's why Wano can still be that extra bit juicy in the manga because yeah. we still haven't gotten to that part oh, of that culture God, yet. Bro, that's in the wrap-up. Um, I can't wait to see that wrap-up. Please, hold up, Take your break. And then when you come back... Oh, by the way, for those listening and have no context, uh, after chapter 1053, there's going to be a month-long break for One Piece in the manga. A month-long break. That's as big a break one Oda ever takes, right? I'm looking at the sleeping pod technology as we speak. Yes. Um. Hopefully, Oda does sleep as well. That man deserves a break. He needs a rest. Yeah. Definitely. But when he returns, give me the juiciest post Wano lore. Oh my God! Please, the potential. Oh my God! Just wrap it up, man. Wano is going great right now. You just need a couple more chapters and a post Wano. Sorry, I'm getting disrupted. <laughs> yeah, we're almost there. Sorry, we're almost there. Almost there. But yeah. So Zhao had all the setup. Um. Great fucking setup. The minks are pretty Whoa. cool. I love the idea of. Them having a civilization on the back of a giant fucking kaiju. Yeah. Um, not to mention, um, possibly Nami's best look on a personal note. That's not that it's important, but it is important at the same time. I, I'm personally a fan of her whole cake island look. Oh yeah, we'll get there. We'll get there. But for now, possibly one of the best looks. Also, the introduction to Sanji's backstory, right? The actual opening the can of worms, where it's right. like, it's the hey, Sanji, poster. Yeah. Sanji, you're actually royalty. Hey, you gotta come with us. And then we get the, the setup to Whole Cake Island. Because, holy shit, Sanji is gonna be a part of something much bigger. Because I guess Oda felt like that whole setup with Zeph, I could do, he could do a little more, right? Maybe, uh, that's why I, I also yeah. say there's a chance of huge character development still for Sanji, because it almost felt like Zhao and later on Whole Cake Island when we get there, is Oda's attempt to try and redo that development process not completely erase the old stuff right, right he's still right, keeping right. the old character trait, but he's trying he's, to he's find a door. new path like character right. yes he's trying to open new doors room. yeah i'd like so to and zal was gonna start yeah and also we get an introduction to one of the best throwaway villains jack the drought just for his name alone 
Yeah, he like, really he was, way, was not as big a deal as I thought he was. I mean, he did a lot of things in the flashbacks, and then since then, he's been kind of picked on by his other guys. But he was, like, he was hyped up because he was the first person we saw that had a bounty uh, over a billion, right? When he was introduced. Yeah. But then, like, and he, he really just doesn't do much. Oh, but you also had the hype fucking moment at the end where Momonosuke hears Zunisha, yeah, yeah. right? The elephant, and goes, you need to command me. And then to Momonosuke goes, save us. And then you just get that one panel where he just goes, understand. Clap. And then you just see the <laughs> yeah. just swiped by and Jack just goes, I, well, I'm shit. dead. You're probably wondering how I got this. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And then we get that weird reveal where he's actually a fishman. I didn't understand that at first. You had it explained to me. And then that never came up again, ever again. Yeah. I just never he lived, I guess. Again, just the oh, reason why he's not dead. Again, shonen writers in general just can't kill off characters most of the time. Even side characters like that. It's like, just kill him off. That's fine. Just kill him off. If you don't have any more plans, just kill him off. It's fine. Yeah. But whatever. It's fine. Um, I would say high C for Zhao. What do you think? Yeah, I'm think with B? that. I had it low B, but I think high C works effectively the same. It's kind of, you know? I, yeah, it's a setup arc, ultimately. Um, oh, we also get, we mentioned the Minx. It's the introduction to Wanda and Carrot. Carrot, for a lot right. of people, people thought were maybe still, I don't know. I was going to say. Potentially might the, join. They haven't counted her out yeah. just yet, but. Might potentially join the core Straw Hat crew. I never once thought that. I'll be honest. I never thought well, that. I, I still don't think that. I, I did still for a minute well. at the, at well, the time. Now, well, we're in Hulkick Island now, next, coincidentally. So, like, around Pedro's to... death and all that, I was like, okay, maybe there is, you know? Maybe there's the possibility. Yeah, if you're thinking he wanted, of the part, I... So, like, I yeah, think the it, logic is that he wanted to join Roger's crew. So she could, you know, if she inherits his will in that same way and kind of joins maybe. maybe. Yeah. I think that's what supporters are thinking, which it kind of does make sense. Probably not going to happen, I'll say at this point. Or, uh, or I'll be honest, or people just want a cute character to be in the Straw Hats, and I'm just like, sure, uh, but what's her but what's her approach? What's her yeah, character? I mean, what's she, she's bring? definitely got, like, if there's a furry faction, that's, like, guaranteed votes for her. I mean, yeah, sure, but listen, we got Chopper covering that for you. It's fine. That's true. <laughs> choppers, choppers for the free fan base. Um, I was gonna say, like, so, yeah, I just never thought that for Carrot because she's she's fine for the Straw Hat fleet, right? She's a fine, she's a fun character, but nothing really about her. Like, there's nothing in the backstory given to her where it's like anything deep or interesting. The only thing really was the very vanilla. I want to go out and adventure, which is fine. Yeah, but. For the Straw Hats crew, it's kind of like a requirement. You have to have some kind of tragic backstory to join the crew. Hey, her Not mentor to died some... right in front of her, sacrificed himself. Yeah, but it's got to be a flashback, <laughs> not a current day thing. <laughs> oh, they can flashback see, to it later. See, in, the, <laughs> in the fine print, Justin, in the fine print, it says flashback. Yeah, it has it to be in the current past. day. It has to be flashback. <laughs> um, I'm not, um, by the way, uh, I'm not dissing on anyone who thinks carrot should join the crew again she still could i'm just saying even yeah i'm then, i'm not convinced yeah i'm not convinced like I'm not, I'm not even talking about recent developments either in the manga this because again one piece could still on go on for another 500 chapters for all we know she could still join the crew but i just i still see it i still don't um but yeah carrot's still fun she's fine where she gets her full moon power up in whole cake island 
yeah, fucking awesome. That, that's a great scene when she's running like across the water, ripping off like the what? Turn, yeah, turn apart the fleets. Is that yeah, the, and she rips off the hand. The, uh, what called the wheels. Yeah, that <laughs> was great. Mm-hmm. It was really cool seeing her pop off like that. Speaking of Whole Cake Island, yeah, so we're on Whole Cake's our next one. Yeah, which is good. This Whole Cake is pretty damn good. It's pretty damn good. I love Big Mom. Um, I love I'm a lot Kata of the Curry. officers. Um, Kata Curry. Um, <laughs> Officer Cracker, Captain Cracker. What was the guy's name? <laughs> Cracker. Uh, Twitch. I'm talking about the character's name. I'm not talking about uh, <laughs> the 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 slur. Please don't ban us. Um, all these fights again, like the wardrobe, the drip. You mentioned already. I think all the outfits Nami wears is just like S tier. If we're doing this one is S tier. Yeah, of all the where if you were to consider Zal to be a part of Whole Cake Island for whatever reason, then you would say as a whole the cabinet is S tier. Yeah. But both, let's be honest. Um the harder question is which of the outfits is the best? I oh, like, that's not I like the, the whole cake. Oh one. no, I'm mean, I mean, whole cake, yeah, but she has like two or three. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, I like one. like the uh, the white top with like the red skirt. Yeah, the uh, the it's a one piece, but you know Oktoberfest, Oktoberfest, yeah, Oktoberfest, yeah. <laughs> uh, German inspiration, I think. Yeah, yeah, um, that's, that's yeah, that's definitely, and then of course Brooke had to be there to kind of ruin it. Um, but the surprise of this arc was, hey, Sanji's royal family. Oh, by the way, his royal family—they're Nazis. And it's like, oh. Yeah, and it turns out the entire was it North Blue that they're in or uh, West I think, Blue? I think no North, North Blue. The entire North Blue is conquered. It's it's under the German Empire, and it's all like Power Ranger steroided up people on Power, compound Power Ranger B. Nazis. That's what you get. <laughs> yeah, with super suits, uh, super soldier serum, all the superhero steroids you can think of, and. His father is up there with Bill Flamingo with biggest cunt in one piece of just an yeah. absolute monster of a being. Worst he had all this, He absolutely had that red wedding coming to him, but at the same time, he didn't get that. And I'm just like, God damn it. I just wanted that. Oh, they yeah. just that he deserved it. <laughs> but at the same time, because he didn't get off, we did get that great scene where Sanji confronts him and just goes, you will never like confront me again. I am no, I am not your son. Right, we're we're cutting off at this point. I'm just like, good for you. Like that, yeah. that was a, that was a good moment to stand up to his past traumas like that. Yeah. Point. Not to mention just the additional backstory where it's like Sanji was tortured when he was a child. Yeah, he was it's put just getting in an like a, a rewrite slash just extra contextualization for him, and it really yeah. does just it makes me appreciate how I think he his core trait to me really still is his kindness and how he is so that, kind despite arc, his backstory. Yep. Now, that being said, this arc, however, does have some flaws. Because we mentioned Sanji with some of his best moments. It's not his lowest moments, but there was that one chapter, right? We went into detail in our episode Mm -hmm. where he goes a bit too hard on trying to convince Luffy, I'm not joining you anymore. And it didn't seem like Sanji. It seemed a bit too hard on selling it. And if you're a huge fan of Sanji, you could probably say that, oh, he was so desperate. He was so low mentally that of course he wouldn't be him. He's just being desperate and doing whatever he can to just say, fuck off. I, I, this is my path now. You can't stop it. But we also know that, well, Sanji's been with the crew. He's one of the OGs. He knows Luffy's not going to just stop. 
it's Luffy, for fuck's sake, right? So, out of desperation, he kicks Luffy's ass and kicks his teeth in so bad and doesn't at all just give him a, another cue of, like, I can't join you anyway because, you know, the bracelets, right? The yeah. explosive bracelets. Basically, do that there, or was, there was a much better way to handle that situation. Yeah. It was uh, not... It wasn't... It could have... Yeah, the execution of it was just not very well done at all. Um, not to mention just the whole conclusion with Pudding as a twist villain. The introduction of the twist villain was amazingly well done. Yeah. The the Sanji scene where he's on the balcony, he's trying to surprise his fiance. He's trying to welcome his new life. It's like, it's fucking awful, but at least you're like a bright light. He says a cheesy line, right? He intentionally says a cheesy line that's like, you're my bright light in the darkness right now. And then he straight up just hears her going full villain mode, going, I'm the bright light in darkness. And just straight yeah. up like does like the, the, the pouty put like the the uh, the fish lips to make fun of him kind of thing. And it's just brutal. so brutal and tragic. And he's like trying to light the cigarette in the rain, but can't get it lit. And he's crying as he's she's just laughing because she's interrogating his sister at the same time because she tried to, you know, get some intel and then she was shot. And my God, what a fucking scene that was because yeah. twist films usually don't work in recent years. And then this one was actually a really well one done. But she kind of converts but to good a bit too quickly. Yeah, it's like an almost quickly. immediate flip-flop, which does take away some of the impact, but... Yeah, it's in line, though, with, you know, the kindness of Sanji being probably his biggest strength. It's in line with the theme, so I understand it, and it doesn't hurt it completely. But it does hurt, like you mentioned, it does hurt putting as a character, where it's like, it seemed like she's not as hardline evil as... We definitely got the impression she was with that big reveal, but instead she's just almost going along with the flow a little bit, and it's just that's not as interesting. That being said, her farewell was very tragic, right? Yeah. Where she gives him, he gives, she gives Sanji his actual good first real kiss, but she takes the takes memory the away. Memory. Yeah, and I know it's not, mm. I know it's not his actual first kiss. I think it's with Violet in the series, or Kami, but... potentially. Right, yeah, because Cammy. That's right. That was my head cannon. Thank you for reminding me. <laughs> that was my head cannon. Cammy uh, kissed him to give him some air, and that's why his nose is bleeding profusely. They didn't show it. Yeah, but that I'm was my feeling head like it's low but A. Maybe, first, maybe? first romantic kiss. First romantic kiss where it was right. actually between two people that potentially loved each other. Um, but unfortunately, she just took the memory away and all the love and feelings he had for her. Um, wait, no. What memory should you take away from him? It was, it was that, that kiss. And it was something else. There was something else he took away. I guess so that he wouldn't miss her as much. Maybe. But no. But he still recognized her. I forgot. I There's something else he took. Sorry, I'm sure so Discord I'm, or Twitter. I'm, I'm, I'm leaning low A or maybe mid, right? I'm thinking I'm... low A personally. Um, I, uh, during the reading, um, I didn't think the chase, as you mentioned, was that long. But looking back on it, yeah, it was a bit too long. But it had to go along at the same time as Luffy's fight with a. Uh, Right, um, with Kata. Kata with Kata, yeah. And that was a long, good fight, but unfortunately the chase just couldn't find ways to naturally pat it. But even then, the chase still had some great moments. Like, there was the part where Brooke and Nami teamed up uh, to get a blow on Big Mom to slow her down. Or when Jinbei was showing off his helmsman skills and riding a fucking tidal wave. Right. But like, these little moments spe uh, speckled in between that were so great, but it's also like, they're great, but it still felt a bit too long. <laughs> yeah, just a little bit too long in that final, in the, the third act. 
you know it sucks. I was gonna say, you know, it would help with the the taint, the, the pacing of that chase sequence. If you cut out a certain part, you could probably cut out the carrot part. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately, it was really cool, but it's like, but you gotta cut it down. You gotta yeah, save that for Wano or something. I don't know. Fuck. <laughs> it's there's no easy answer for that, but yeah, low A for me. Yeah, I'm. I'm also, okay. oh, I know we. I know you said uh, Oktoberfest. Nami, but the red dress when they're at the Capone meeting. Oh, yeah, that's good. The backless, the strapless backless dress. God damn it. It's too much. To Speaking of Nami, Orange Town. Uh-huh. <laughs> Orange Town. Um, I personally did love this art, but as time's going on, it definitely um, it's through like it's natural progression, right? As the stories are getting more and more complex yeah. and heavier. And longer, things like Orange Town are getting yeah, they're getting less and less on the tier list. Because at the time, I would think like Orange Town was like a fun A, high B. So right. Bucky was great. Nami and Luffy made a, a convenient team up when they did like one little thing each other to help out against Buggy. The choreography against with the Buggy fight was pretty damn fun. But ultimately, at the end, the Chow Chow backstory, like yeah, the again, dog, we're talking about the, like the personal yeah, treasure, the, the lessons, it's all good. Mm-hmm. It's all good and all there. And those ends up being great setups for a future arc, which might be next on the list. I'm not sure, but. Ultimately, because it's just yeah. due to the process of time, I'm thinking solid C, high C. Yeah, I thought, well. And it's not because of anything bad. It's just that everything is just good, right? It's and a setup arc, I feel ultimately. similarly about the Reverie, honestly. This is like a yeah. setup for all kinds of shit. Probably like the I, most loaded setup arc in One Piece. Yeah, it's... We, um, we, I mentioned how, yeah, how everything was so loaded in a couple of arcs, so like in 20 chapters so loaded and 55 chapters yeah. so loaded, but this is like five chapters. It is so and just totally. loaded. <laughs> this is like, this is a Scooby-Doo sandwich packed of an arc. And we, and we still don't know the answers to a lot of questions the Reverie brought up, yeah, too. Yeah, what happened so to the Warlords, what happened at the Reverie, what happened to the Revolution, all kinds. What happened? What's the deal with Eam, or some say Emu? What's right. the deal with the giant straw hat right. in the basement the of Mary Joa? Of the people she wanted, all kinds of stuff. What does the what does the what does the throne represent? All the dots are those all the individual countries? I think I tried counting them at one yeah, point, but I didn't match one hundred seventy. All the islands on the Grand Line, And then the fact that the elders bow to Eam. The fact that there is a One Piece version of the United States, Mexico, Russia. <laughs> you have all these people there. Um, then you, again, like, they have their own version of, like, the United Nations kind of thing. But it's also, like, like the United Nations where it's like, oh, we're going to say a bunch of stuff. We're not going to actually do shit. But actually, they are, though. Except because they, this year, yeah, they're doing shit. Yeah, they, this year they did. Yeah, because they, they dismantled the warlords. We also got a tease to a new admiral who very, very, very recently in the manga was mentioned again. Yeah. So we got that again. <laughs> um either revolutionary high C army stuff or low B. I still want to say high C because yeah. it is a setup arc. We don't know oh, eventually what's in setup because this could be like a solid B uh-huh. if the stuff that leads up to like the revolutionary army stuff because we got the officers, right? We got <laughs> I only the only name I remember is Bouncing Betty's. I know that's not her name. <laughs> yeah, her name is Betty. <laughs> Yeah, it's Betty. And then you got um uh Doctor Guy, um you know, you got the yeah, Duck Bill. No, yeah, I don't remember their names, but they had neat powers. But again, like we only got their powers and Yeah, that's they it. haven't like, really made their impact yet. 
Yeah, they made a small cameo during the credit sequence of the movie Stampede as well, and that's it. So we'll see what happens with them. They also get caught or something. They happen something at the river, like Justin mentioned. And yeah, there's just so much shit going on. The potential that the elders and Emu are, or, or some say Emu, are going to cut ties with the Nefeltaris completely with Phoebe's family, yeah. which could mean that she's going to be forced to go back to the Straw Hats or the fleet or both. So still don't know about that. Yeah. So again, this setup art. Oh, Crazy stuff Bonnie. Bonnie with her connection with Kuma. Oh, yeah. What is, like, what is she doing there? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. she And she's getting really sad and like uh, she's re- and sentimental about like, Kuma, I can't believe they did this to you as the, you know, the Celestial Dragons are using him like a mount and just whipping him. And it's just like, what is going on? Yeah, there's a lot of interesting stuff there. Yeah, and so I think much. it was also this arc we got the reveal, the confirmation that I think mm-hmm. that Kumo was, in fact, a part of the Revolutionary Army. I think that, that was this arc, too? Uh, I th- confirmation? Hmm. No, that because was in Marine that, 4. That was in Marine 4. Okay, because I know that Return to Shibodi, um, we got the notice that Kumo was there to help protect the ship. Yeah, because it, uh, it was from Ivankov, when she... When they right. saw Kuma, they said, like, oh, man, you know, my old friend Kuma from River. Yeah, that was the confirmation. Right. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then Impel Down was after Shibodi. Okay. That makes sense. Right. So, yeah. Reverie, completely loaded. But for now, yeah, C-tier. it is what it is. You know, makes it simple. Five chapters, so much information. And this one is hard because it's not over. It's Wano, obviously. It's great. Also obvious, I feel. Though I, th- I think this, this is, one is a little controversial. I so many people love Wano like it's the best thing since sex. People love it to death. But at the same time, I'm thinking it's really, really good. It's also really, really long and bloated, both in a good way, right? Some of it feels yeah. highly written and neat. Some parts, though, I feel like has been going on a bit too long or just unfortunately... Oda just put so much into the arc, it's hard to keep track of what's going on. And a lot of it works, a lot of it's good, but at some point it's like, you have a mental overload, you need some uh, relief in some way, you need uh, comic relief, you just need, like, something to help, you know, distract all this plot going on, all this this build-up. And it just feels so much. So, like, like as we mentioned at the end of this episode, we're going to be covering Act 3, finally, that next episode, we're going to reread that act, and there's going to be so yeah. much we have to open up. And a lot of it's really fucking good. But is it? does it all connect normally, organically? That's the real question. And it's so soon yeah. to tell that yet. Because a lot of it, I want to say yes. There's a lot of it I absolutely love about Wano. Um, the whole idea of Wano being, you know, medieval feudal Japan being forced to industrialize too soon. And in this universe, by a pirate lord, right? By a corrupt shogun as well. Right. So it's against the people, right? It's, again, showing Oda showing off what he understands about um, exploitation of people by uh, others of higher power. And um, all this um, potential with the emperors, right? Big Mom and Kaido joining forces. Are, oh, right. Reverie, the introduction to the Rocks Pirates. Mm-hmm. And then Wano, we get elaboration a bit of like, hey, by the way, yeah. Kaido and Big Mama brought all the crew. He's a little taste, right? That's a lot of it. Of Wano being loaded with information. Here, 
is a part of their backstory. And we didn't get that much. So we know there's going to be a lot more to that. So there's so much that could be going on. And so hard to tell. But I will say, it still feels like a good... It, it can't be it's, any lower than an A, It's though. a solid A, yeah. It's a solid A for now. Um, I'll put it right there in the middle. <laughs> um, you know what? You know what could really bump this up to a solid S tier? Act four or post Wano being the wrap fucking up. good. If that post Wano wraps all my concerns up in a nice bow or leads up right to all the other questions I had, right? Like a good post Enies oh, lobby yeah. or a post Marine Ford, that arc can jump it up to S tier. Then I will shut the hell up and I will take back my concerns of like. <laughs> Man, I love the story parts. Like, I love the introduction to this new character named Diamato. But I'm also going, like, is this too quick? Even though it's 80 chapters, is yeah. this too slow? Is this too padded? I just need that post Wano, man. Give me something good to conclude this arc. Let, stick that landing, please. Wano has so much love and passion put into it. I would hate to see it just kind of fiddle away after, like, the last three chapters, you know? Yeah. Okay. So much thoughts. Yeah, we'll be able to talk more about that in our coming episodes. In, in our, yeah, exactly. That's like, I'm trying to keep it short. Yeah, so I don't want to go too far into it, but I feel like Wano has been very solid so far. I mean, and we did also talk about it a little bit before. We talked Act 1 act, and 2. Act early, 1 right? and Act yep. Yeah, so it's been good. It's been very strong. I'll, I will reserve judgment completely until it's all the way done, which I think we are going to probably have in Act 4 as a wrap-up. Which is about a week or two from now. <laughs> yeah. But I'm really liking yeah, it, and I think it's great. It's a it's an A, you know? It's a great arc. How long has one been going on? Five Too years? Too long. Four years? A long time. People have been in high school shorter, or yeah. middle school shorter, yeah. than one has been going on. So, time I'm, I'm kind pretty of come sure people finally. started and graduated college in Wano. <laughs> <laughs> uh... Hey, what's that? Am I losing like, hair suddenly? Oh no! Like age is coming, and I'm the person who's like just catching up the last year, and here I am pretending like, oh yeah, Wano. Oh, so we're long. in the home oh, stretch now. Yep. We God, got, man. Now we're on Syrup Village next. I hate to say this, D tier. <laughs> You're not gonna hear me arguing. <laughs> I love Usopp. It's a good introduction to Usopp. It's the introduction to the Merigo. But the island is fine. It's syrup. The yeah. Usopp's friend, I forget her name, the doctor Kaya. in training, the one who was always... Kaya? Kaya. She's fine. If innocent, fine. vanilla, she's fine. She's cool. She's fine. She's nice. I love, too, the, I love the little... I love Usopp's gang. I love Carrot. Yeah, they're onion. like... They're the, the best OC... Or like, their characters there. Although, I am... Oh, the main captain villain. I liked his little... Um, how he adjusts his glasses early right, on in the arc. <laughs> why Why does he use his palms? And it's like, oh, because he always has Freddy Krueger blades on his fingers. Ah, mm -hmm. uh, that makes sense. I liked that little connection. Everything else about it, though? Eh. Agreed. It was fine at the time. I remember liking it when I was reading through it. But even then, I had problems. I, was, I think that was like the first arc I was critical. Where I'm like, I don't like the officers. They're just... They're goofy. It makes sense because it's one piece. I'm not going to be critical of it. Yeah, being the, goofy, even but the in cat this case, theme for them didn't really hit right. It's a little weird. Yeah, the the captain's tone did not match the crew whatsoever. Like they're like the goofy cat pirate. Like yeah. this is the tone of like the silver fox pirates 
but you have a captain who's like cold and serious like he's like some yeah. character from psychopaths <laughs> it's like what are you doing here yeah it's such a clash it doesn't work so yeah you know um, it's fine for what it is but it is quite oh like others Django was pretty funny this part was pretty funny hypnotism yeah you know it has its moments you know it had a couple moments like Zoro slicing down that branch so that Usopp can get the shot off you know to stop Django stuff yeah like that. It's, it's okay even as like putting it the second lowest talk we have here uh, right now is still like you know it's not be- terrible. You know what else I remembered about that arc that I didn't like was Nami was annoying that arc. She cost. She, she was, was being very tropey. She was going, yeah, don't touch my treasure, don't abandon my treasure, don't touch my treasure, and like and actively like, hindering their defense uh, in order to yeah, straight yeah, up. Like, I, I get, I get. She wasn't an official straw hat at the moment, but I'm like. Yeah, Man, this is I, like, we, and we understand why the money was so important to her at the time. Yeah, but we didn't have the information at the time, and even looking back on it now, it's still the way it was pre- presented was still kind of yeah, still yeah, kind of it doesn't big. it doesn't paint her incredibly flattering. No, actually, looking back on it, I think Skypea. I think I had a problem with that too. Where Nami wasn't annoying. I think she just didn't contribute until that part with Eneru, right? Where yeah. she actually deflected a bullet and like, oh shit, where did this Nami come from? But I think before that, she was just kind of like following everybody. But she wasn't annoying. She was just kind of there. Sierra Village, she was straight up like annoying. Like she was straight up like, yeah. your introduction in Orange Town was great. Nami, you're a new interesting character with possible great backstory. But boy, you're making me worried right now. <laughs> Put all the eggs in too much in one's basket. I'm just like, are you just going to be an annoying kid? Oh, boy. You want to Luckily, I was wrong. Park right now. It's only two away, but while we're here. <laughs> uh, nah, we'll still continue. Uh, what okay. order you got so right now? Next is Baratier. Baratier, Barate, Baratier. Which, I uh, think, this is solid art. I like this art a lot. It is quite good. I like Baratier. It, it's nice and tight and contained. And it's just a really solid, you know, uh, like, go follow your dreams arc. Keep your feet dry. That had yeah. some great lines in the whole thing, too. Sanji's backstory uh, tied in with Zeph's. Um, Zeph is a character of, like, this old, weary pirate experienced the Grand Line. Had to eat his own fucking leg, his own foot metal. to stay alive. Fucking metal as shit. <laughs> While he did the, you know, the uh, good thing of giving Sanji all the food. He's another best dad contender. Mm-hmm. Yeah, unfortunately, we just couldn't remember when we were talking about Whitebeards. Yeah, <laughs> I was thinking of Jim Bay. I didn't think of Zeph. <laughs> um, you know why I didn't think of Zeph? Because he was he was kind of abusive. It was a tough father That's kind true. of thing where Sanji does <laughs> yeah. one thing wrong and he just clobbers him with his leg going, fuck it off! Or his hat, right? Just goes, fuck mm-hmm. it off, you piece of shit! But then later the next scene, Sanji's on his knees thanking him and all the guys for everything they've done for helping him out. Yeah. Um, I didn't think too much of Don Krieg's crew. I like Don Krieg as a just a fighting villain, right? Where he's just like, yeah, he's the arsenal guy, right? He's just got yeah. all these weapons on him. His armor is really cool. But boy, do they get outshadowed by Mihawk. Oh my god, Mihawk's introduction. Uh, because the crew shows up, right? To Barate, and they're just like, we need food. We just came back from the Grand Line. We had a fleet. We just got decimated by a one dude with one sword. And you're just like, what? Are you serious? And then, yeah. oh my fucking god, here comes the boss music right now. Oh my god, you just got Middle Gear Rising Revengeance music playing in the background. One of the just strongest this... introductions for a character. He's 
just sitting on this little tiny cringy boat. Mm-hmm, just sails up, just waiting. chilling, legs crossed. <laughs> and just that giant fucking right. cross of a sword, of a black blade. And when he fights Zoro, it is the most disrespectful and yet finesse yeah. and deserved fight. He pulls out that Bro, little dagger. Man, that line is like one of the most insulting lines in the series. And yet, totally deserved. Totally yeah, deserved like, at the same time. It's, it reminds me of, I don't know if you've played Titanfall 2, the game, the campaign mode, but there's a boss you fight where it's, you know, the game with mechs. Yeah. Um, there's a campaign boss where his name is Viper, and he's piloting like this jetpack mech, and he's obliterating all these ships, and you're like a mech on the ground, so like jumping from ship to ship, but he's like on a jetpack, he's obliterating all these ships you're flying on, he's just like, uh-huh. this guy's are mine, this guy's are mine, kid, you stand no shot, five by five. Like, he's just nonchalantly just saying these commands, acting like you're nothing, but it's also like, yeah, but you're if you're flying in the air that good, shooting down hundreds of ships by yourself, yeah, you deserve to be that cocky, right? Right. And Mihawk had that same vibe, if not more, because he's just pointing yeah. at a fucking rabbit dagger and just going against a dude with three yeah, fucking swords. Dude pulls up on, like, on a raft, man, sailing through yeah. the Grand Line. That but says all at you the need same- to know. And what one may respect, though, more to Mihawk as a character, as a potential character, is when Zoro, despite the fact that he's getting beaten by this dagger and he's getting wounded, he's still going, I'm not going to go down. I challenge you to a fight and I will take it standing. And Mihawk goes magnificent and he mm. brings out his fucking sword and gives him the scar. He doesn't kill him. He gives him a scar and then tells him, you will be good one day. And when you do, you will fight me again. And I'm just like, we're waiting for that. <laughs> we are waiting for that confrontation. Yeah. And Boy, if that ha- if that moment happens and it's not like your super tropey samurai scene where it's like, you know, the, the samurai Sakura blossoms in the wind. If it's not that, then I don't want it. I want it to be as <laughs> tropey and traditional as possible. Yeah. It is a swordsman versus a swordsman. Yeah, like that fight has to end with a sword clash, right? Where they cross and you don't know what happened. I mean, even yeah. though we do know, right? Yeah. Oh my god, what if Oda does like a Naruto thing where it's like, Someone's like watching them. And it's like they haven't moved. What's going on? And it's like no, they're moving really fast. They're doing really quick lightning <laughs> yeah. blade flashes, but they're clashing, and so you just you can't even hear because even the sound is so fast you can't hear it. <laughs> but then every now and then you see like pedals like get cut every now and then. It's like that's going to be how the fights introduced, rather than like you know ninja like doing like a genjutsu battle where it's like illusions. It's like no, it's super right. fast. It's super <laughs> oh man, that is so, going to yeah, be great. We'll, We'll see what happens. After all, Zoro is going to be the king of hell when he sees Mihawk next. So I'm so feeling we'll see. probably like a B? High, high mid B? Like maybe. Hmm, do I like I'd it say low than, B. Do I like it more than drum? No, it's probably not worth the other part either. Yeah, yeah that's why I say low B. Like, yeah. I think better than Amazon it's, Lily. It's probably. safer than it's safer than Thriller Bark, but at the same time, it's Ooh, like, yeah, well, it's a great solid introduction to Sanji. It's a really is all the introduction of Mihawk and a, a it's a humbling moment for Zoro as well right everyone's saying you're the nasty pirate hunter Zoro right yeah. but then he gets almost one shot by a dude with a dagger and it's like yeah you get to see uh, the, the disparity between you know like the, yeah yeah here's a warlord of the sea and a hopeful person from East Blue right now and it's like you got a lot to go 
Also, as I mentioned, Mihawk is a warlord of the sea, and yet he's arguably probably the strongest just because I think, of yeah. how quickly he was able to <laughs> handle a fleet of an entire east, well, it's east blue, granted, but entire fleet by himself, and then how easy yeah, he able to do Mihawk don't mess around. We learned that, I mean, right here, very early in the story. Mm-hmm. Doesn't disappoint. Nope. But neither does and then ultimately, <laughs> yeah, ultimately leading into my favorite arc. My personal favorite arc, but I think objectively Water 7 is still the best one. That's how I feel. I um, think it's either probably above Marineford, below Water 7. Probably. Yeah, I would agree with that. Because I do switch between Water 7 and Arlong Park as being personal favorites, because Arlong Park, I will say, is for, I guess, nostalgia. Even though it's not really nostalgia for me, it's just more like <laughs> yeah, bias. Yeah. yeah, because it's what I wanted. I wanted this character who was annoying in Syrup Village, but her introduction in Orange Town being like, okay, there's something here. Orda is not giving us her backstory right away. This is going to be the long con. Let's see if he gives me what I want and deliver. And not only did we get Nami's tragic backstory beautifully told, we get introduced to her sister, the town, Bellamere. We get that incredibly touching moment where she's on her knees after she's desperately tried to free her town for eight years hoarding money stealing money and then luffy does his stubborn thing right where he doesn't leave even though <laughs> Lamy screams at him i do never want to see your face ever again and, not, and luffy just goes what was that about <laughs> right because he, he just has a crew member really getting really pissed right he doesn't right. see like you know that's somebody see and then you get that moment where she's just crying stabbing her tattoo and then her mark right and then pleading for help and then luffy and the crew goes i bet i will and you and you get the walk you you get the walk with the four dudes just walking to save the crew member uh reminds me of the yeah and also arlong just being a great villain to uh hate as well where yeah even he didn't, he didn't need the extra scenes in Fishman Island because they didn't actually expand on it, to be honest. He, they just confirmed that he was always like that. Mm. But you can't fix what's already good, right? So yeah. what we got was still a great villain to hate. Um, I will say the one nitpick part of All in Park, I think I mentioned it too, where I wanted Nami to, to somewhat do a final blow in a fight, like in the shonen action part of the storytelling. But she did it to the weasel. Navy guy, which is, it was somewhat satisfying, but yeah. I wanted her to at least do something against Arlong, a support thing. Because again, like, even with Buggy, right, she at least distracted him or something, or I think it was, did no, she, she, was she the uh, one that kicked she, him in the balls? She tied the body parts together. She tied his body up. I think Luffy kicked him in the balls. One of the, one of the two mm-hmm. kicked him in the balls. But they support each other, right, in some way, even though it was small, and then Luffy did most of the work. Yeah. I was expecting something like that with Arlong Park as well. Even in the episode of uh, Nami TV special, they hinted as if she was going to do that, and they're going to add a scene. I was just going to be like, are they going to give you what I want even again? And it's like, <laughs> no, they actually didn't. She's just right. going to stand there the second the manga. I'm just like, god damn it. <laughs> um, the other thing as well was, as each of the early arcs in One Piece, the Luffy fights were getting progressively better and better and better. The Arlong Park was not as good as the Dawn Creek fight with Luffy. Because yeah. Arlong was just kind of like jumping around as a fishman. He had like, the funny scene where he had like the teeth as like brass knuckles, but it's just like it's all right. Yeah. When he got the sword out, that was pretty cool. But everything else was just like eh, it wasn't as good as the Dawn Creek fight because Dawn Creek just had a bunch of fucking weapons. It was just cool. He had mm-hmm. the fucking spiked cape and everything. Um, 
but yeah, all in part, beautiful, emotional, powerful. One of my personal favorites. Yeah, you can hear us talk about it for two and a half hours. Or for 45 minutes-ish, an episode of Nami? And then yeah. we redirect you to the two and a half hour episode. Yeah, so it has that full three and a half hours. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Logtown is next. Logtown, Logtown's Logtown, pretty Logtown. fun. Very short. One of the shortest arcs, I think. I think it's five or six chapters. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, build up in this one, too. It's a conclusion to the prologue, right? Yeah, it's it just uh, it's kind of a wrap up with like a, a brief look at things to come. And it's cool. a lot of what I liked about it most looking back at the character moments where all the straw hats that are present are, you know, happy to be there. Right. Usopp yeah. is the only one that at, in hindsight hasn't had his huge moment yet. That's like Eni's lobby. Right. That'll be when Usopp it fully realizes this is where I am going to be forever. Um, but as of right now, all the OGs are here. They're happy to be here. Um, Nami's getting her. She's going out, right? She's actually being free. She's spending her money finally. Yeah, doing some um, Zoro's shopping for swords, and she run. He runs into Toshigi, um, and we get that interesting um dynamic between them that we that we saw in Punk Hazard. <sighs> Is anything Hazard. gonna come of that, man? Um, I don't understand. Oda is Oda that. like yeah. Oda kind of hinted that maybe there is because whenever Toshigi is there, she runs into Zoro every time. So it's I but is it the answer is is it gonna be romantic? I don't think so. But the way that they act sometimes, you think sometimes they're really thinking, making you think. It makes you think sometimes, right? It does. Or I'm just like it seems like you guys it's Oda, it seems like you want these two to hate fuck every now and then. But it's like, <laughs> hey, that could be the thing, I don't know. But <laughs> but at the same time I'm, I'm when Zoro interacts with you know. Yeah, I'm but at the same time when Zoro interacts with her it's always incredibly awkward because he always sees the uh kira the child uh, not uh what's her name sorry quina quina sorry yeah. kira's the doctor from uh drum island um he sees quina and he always gets really awkward like he goes back to like his 10 year old self like his little kid self again and he just goes uh, you're, you're dumb i don't want to look at you you got boobies mm-hmm. i hate you and it just runs away right and he's just like what the hell is that about and that makes Tashigi act even weirder when they see each other getting upon Kazuma, where it's like, you don't think women can be a sword fighter? And it's just like, I think Zoro's just got some weird shit going on in here he's got to yeah. figure it out. Which so, I, would, I would like to see that whole thing addressed as well. Yeah, I actually think I went into detail about that in Punk Hazard, because Monet was in that, a part of that too, yeah, the, uh, the, the harpy, yeah. So, uh, like, why he didn't finish her off until she turned into a monster. So I'm like, yeah, there could be some buried shit in there. Um, I don't know, maybe post Wano might elaborate on that. I doubt it, but because there's so much shit mm, Wano yeah. needs to cover with that. There's but a lot of stuff to get through in post Wano. Oh yeah. Um, and then Usopp mm. just shopping for rotten eggs. Um, getting the ammo for his arsenal. Sanji getting ingredients, and then Luffy um going to the gallows where Goldie Roger was killed, and then Buggy's showing up, Alvita showing up, and then. Dragon showing up, Smoker's yeah. introduction, and it's like okay, and then they sail to the Grand Line. And it, it ends at chapter one hundred, I think. So, I would say solid C. It's yeah, solid fun set up like in between. Like maybe a low C. Maybe? It's it's not a D. It's not a D. But I would say like a low C because it does it. Yeah, it's set just up like the rest. It's just short. The, you know, it doesn't really do much. So I guess it's, yeah. yeah, probably like fine. I mean, the, the straw hats are great, but 
that's what I want sometimes. Just yeah, I mean, it's cool. Okay, yeah. almost to the it's reverse mountain. Short, it's cool, it's Laboon, it sets up Laboon. the brook, which the best part introduces Vivi. She's not great there, which we discussed earlier. In fact, oh my in god, Vivi is introduced in this arc. Yeah, oh my yeah, god, as Miss Wednesday. Right. She comes in super low key, but you know, she comes she, she turns into the character is. we love later. Um, and then we get introduced to the doctor from uh Goldie yeah, Rogers crew. Yeah. Um and the Laboon was great, that backstory that we see later on, right? Um Yeah, you explained it actually very quick and thoroughly right yeah. there. I would say uh, low C see, as well. Yeah. Like I can't think of anything wrong with it. Just short and sweet. Yeah, it, it is what it, it is again, as well as the next Whiskey Peak. Oh, Whiskey is, Peak has... Oh, is all gold, yeah. except for that one chapter. <laughs> one, one chapter of Now, if we ignore that like. one chapter, it's a solid off on art. It has some of my favorite Zoro action pieces, where he's just it, being a pirate. That is such a good scene. That chapter of him versus mm. Rogue Works, the one versus 100, is... That's one of the best yep. action scenes in One Piece. You mentioned that uh, when you're reading that, you crank uh, Zoro's theme to the max. Oh, I crank yeah. up. Uh, I crank up. He's a pirate from Pirates of the Caribbean up to 100. I'm just reading those chapters. Tossing barrels, <laughs> cutting bullets in half, and he's just like making like one-liners, and everyone's like falling around him. Yeah, you know he's kicking tables, jumping. Yeah, it's great. Love that. Nami gets a Nami gets a funny line in the middle of there, and then Luffy just kind of crashes the party, unfortunately. But it's fine, it's fine, it's fine. It's still a fun arc. Um, Robin is introduced as Miss All Sunday, I think. Yep. Um, and yeah, it's a fun arc. That's, I'd also say like a solid C. Yeah, better I than a like... Reverse Mountain. Sound probably better than Orange Town. I'd say better Not, than Orange Town. Yeah, yeah. And then because last and probably least. <laughs> little garden, <laughs> little garden. Mm. Not a fan. I would still say Punk Hazard is lower. Personally, is that controversial? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> You're garden, unsure. Uh, it has fun, I, like it has potential and some fun stuff in it, but I, it just is not. It doesn't hit quite right. But that, that's my you problem know? with it. It's like you have potential for it just to be another fun arc like whiskey peak but it just doesn't do much with it you have two giants fighting for eternity but then they just get kind of pulled over quickly by a dude again by the drunk art high school teacher with the three edits for his hair and he has i'll admit intriguing wax powers at first i thought again he was like the art guy so i thought oh he's gonna be like the psychopath that's like oh i must make art piece but then he gets a mech out of nowhere, and mm -hmm. it's like, why? Yeah, and like, Andus, I think, I think my biggest problem with Little Garden is that it kind of has a lack of, like, even though it is a part of the overarching, the Alabasta saga, it has virtually nothing going on on the island itself. It's yeah, just like only a pit stop where they get stuck, and then they get attacked by another broke works agent. Yeah, the only important thing is our introduction to Crocodile, where Sanji speaks to him via right. the snail phone. Which that could have happened um, like, on the ship or you know, like at any point. Yeah, it was all yeah, so it was our introduction to giants, and it was just kind of tame looking back on it. The two giants are still pretty cool, but the way yeah. it was introduced was just kind of short and lost potential. The biggest lost potential was this is literally an island of dinosaurs, and we're doing no dinosaur adventures right. at all. This is no Jurassic Park references. We're not going to go 
must go faster, must go faster. No, like, little jokes like that? We're just going to gloss over it? Really? Dinosaurs. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, missed opportunity there, which, eh, it it is what it is. Yeah. And then, and then Mr. Three as the main arc villain is just, it, he doesn't do it for me. He does a lot better in Marine Ford and then fell down, but he yeah, still he's, looks he's better as like a comedic relief villain, side villain for sure. And even then, he has to be a side comic relief villain. He can't be the main one because that's Bucky's job. And I think yeah. they understood that because I think in Stampede, he's like, uh, no, it was in uh, Act One of Wano, I think, when they show or Reverie. We see uh, Buggy, yeah. right? We mm-hmm. see his his new crew and i think mr three is there yeah i think yeah so yeah he's just better as a, as a goon for another comedy character well that is it yeah we have completed that is it, it. the joint op is op uh, arc tier list there you have that on that only took us three hours about three hours or so <laughs> to create I, our longest episode so far yeah i think so and we're incredibly thankful for those of you that came out, especially those of you that came and hung out with us live. That was oh, absolutely. Great. Thank you for participating in the chat. It was fun getting some information along live, actually, rather than like waiting for the Twitter or Discord feedback a week later. Um, if you want to tell us why this tier list is trash, you can find <laughs> me at Jitsu. That's J-I-T-S-Z-U on Twitter or YouTube. And Jake, where can I find you? Uh, they can find me again. They can find me at Jacob Miranda on Twitter. That is J A C O B M E R D N. Fuck, I misspelled it. I'm getting tired. J A C O B M E R E N D A. All lowercase, all in word. My spelling is D tier. I am sorry. Or you can um, also catch us in our Discord. We are very active in there. That's been a really fun time. That is free. And if you want to get a special role on that Discord, you can help us out on Patreon. And that is patreon.com slash OP is OP. Link will also be in the description. Mm-hmm. And if you, because I believe this is going on YouTube, be sure to smash a like button. Where the fuck my <laughs> camera is? <laughs> where my camera is on the screen. Be sure to like, nice. smash that like button, subscribe button, yeah, favorite button. Wherever that so happens to be. I, and, and I don't notice. I don't know YouTube. <laughs> um... Yeah, also leave us a review on Spotify, iTunes, we can't have feedback. And next week, we will be starting discussion of Act 3 of Wano. Uh, I assume we'll probably go about 10 to 15 chapters into that act. And obviously, we're not going to cover the whole thing at, thing at once. Ooh, yeah, it's going to be a long read, but it's going to be fucking fun. This is like a, yeah. what, a year in the waiting. We delayed on it's, Act 3. It's going to be Act 3, finished. like Part 1, like Act 3-1, then Act 3 two. Act three mm-hmm. itself will get multiple, probably three parts just in Act three, right? Yeah. Two can I least. also say? Can I also say we kind of timed this almost perfectly because totally. we we completed Act two, we wanted Act three to finish, so we wanted to buy time by oh, let's do the movies and maybe filler arcs or TV specials. We only had to do one miscellaneous episode, which is this one. Thank you guys for watching and listening. And suddenly, hey, Act three is probably going to finish. And it's going to out perfectly. Awesome. Fun. Yeah. Awesome. That's Don't have to buy time. And we take and we can go those. To, we take those. We. <laughs> the real, the real answer is that we actually have someone on the inside with Oda, and that way we knew exactly <laughs> we knew when time. to plan it. We knew the whole time. That's our secret, baby. <laughs> but uh, anyway, right, really tired. appreciate. It. Yeah, it's getting late. <laughs> really, thank you guys for listening to this. If you listen to this whole thing, especially, really appreciate that. Everyone that came and hung out for the whole time. 
We are incredibly grateful. We'll continue to see you hopefully around in our streams and in our future episodes. You the outro. Bye bye. <laughs>